Hey everyone, welcome back to another recap podcast from SNX Weave, where we give quick weekly recaps of news and important updates from the previous week from the Spartan Council and core contributors, as well as discuss what the Grants Council and ambassadors are up to, so let's get started. The Mencant release is currently on Covan, as the parameters are just being nailed down for the mainnet release. DB and Caleb are also working on the two circuit breaker SIPs, SIP 230 and SIP 231, which were both presented last week. Caleb said circuit breakers are a priority because they allow the fees to be reduced and the latency in Oracle feeds to be accounted for. He added that latency attacks have decreased considerably with all of the improvements that Chainlink has been making, so they're definitely on the right path. Let's review these two SIPs as well as the other SIPs that were presented last week. SIP 230, for a universal circuit breaker, was presented by DB. This SIP proposes restructuring the existing contract exchange circuit breaker and replacing it with something more generic. The objective is for it to be compatible with any oracle used in the future. DB explained that a circuit breaker is needed, but the existing one isn't able to follow the same rules as the synth circuit breaker, outlined in SIP 55, so they're hoping to streamline the code and provide better protection with this SIP. The vote for the SIP is currently open. Next, SIP 231, for off-chain circuit breakers, was presented by Caleb. This SIP would formalize the functionality of the centralized circuit breaker specified in SIP 55 by pausing and resuming trading based on configurable SCCP parameters for each asset class. This would reduce the potential for latency attacks and allow rates to be lowered. The vote for the SIP is also open. Next up was SIP 229, to add an optimism bridge for synths. This SIP was presented by DB and would serve as a temporary alternative plan to synth teleporters by enabling the transfers of synths for deposit and withdrawal through an optimism bridge. This SIP introduces the capacity for any synth to be transferred between networks, but for its initial release, only SUSD transfers will be enabled. DB also confirmed that there is no possible case where Oracle latency could affect the transfer. Daniel asked if the SIP would allow for fast bridge integration, which DB affirmed by saying there are rumors that Hop Protocol might integrate SUSD once the SIP is available. This functionality would allow them to set up pools on each side to enable these fast withdrawals. The next SIP presented was SIP 203 for a volume source fee. This SIP was presented again with the changes made to it by Kane, and will add an optional source as a transaction parameter that can be passed from any front-end to the Synthetics Exchange contracts. Consensus was reached to make the fee additive, and the idea is to allow permissionless integrations for anyone who creates a UI. There will also be a maximum volume partner fee, which can be configured via SCCP. Next up was SIP 232, for the Core Contributor Committee, presented by Anna. This SIP proposes amendments to the original Core Contributor Committee CCC, described in SIP 161 by more thoroughly detailing the responsibilities of the CCC. Language has been modified to reflect the management and leadership functions of this committee, and the governing body will also be changed to 6 months rather than 3 months, and only Core Contributors can vote for CCC positions. Caleb called attention to the fact that the SIP self-assigned stipends to the CCC, and Kane agreed saying that this is a function of the Treasury Council, so the SIP has been corrected accordingly. The vote for the SIP is also currently open. The next presentation was SIP 228, for commodity synths on optimism, presented by Caleb. 
This SIP will negate the voting outcome of SIP 212, which originally proposed adding silver and gold spot cents on optimism. SIP 228 will instead add these commodities as futures markets for a number of reasons you can read on the SIP proposal page. The vote for this SIP is also open. The last presentation of the week was for SECP 190 to update fees and atomic volatility circuit breaker parameters. This SCCP was presented by Caleb to propose updating the parameters for the atomic and non-atomic exchanges in light of the release of the updated atomic exchange function and exchange fee system SIPs. The purpose is to group the fee changes and synth additions into one proposal, and Caleb said this provides flexibility in terms of subdividing the exposure between risky and non-risky assets. The Forex fees will also be much more attractive, and there will be reduced latency front-running opportunities. The vote for this SCCP is also open. During their meeting, the Spartan Council also discussed debt migration. While V3 may provide an efficient way to manage staking contracts on multiple networks, Kane thinks they're going to have to migrate all staking positions to L2 before the V3 migration. The council has also just voted on and approved an SCCP to divert an additional 10% of the inflation awards towards L2, so this should hopefully mean more stakers making the move to optimism. In Grant's council updates, the team is working with a 300 member who has stepped up to write the descriptions for the tool site. Mike has also been working closely with Matt on the 300 lieutenant role, which they plan to start initially on a trial basis and expand from there. They have submitted an outline for this role to the Grants Council and are in communication with a possible candidate. In Ambassador Council updates, the Ambassadors hosted another Spartan City Hall last week as well as an L222 Tuesday call. During the City Hall, the Ambassadors spoke with Ale and Dante from EthernotDAO, which is a public goods DAO aimed at transforming developers into Ethereum developers. This basically means grabbing senior devs from Web2 and giving them a Web3 crash course. Ali described how it was difficult trying to build on synthetics during the bull run since every Solidity dev was very busy at the time. So he decided to start contacting talented devs who he had worked with before crypto. He was able to get them up to speed very quickly and they were almost immediately able to contribute to protocol development. Ali said some protocols have built their entire teams through this process, and it really works. We're doing this because we truly believe there's a next generation of people who are going to build great things on Ethereum. He added there are three types of mentorships, team mentorships, public good mentorships, and recruiting mentorships. For the first two individuals posts seeking training towards a specific project, and for the recruiting mentorship protocols post seeking a particular skill set for a given role. The process starts as simple education. Mentees eventually end up dedicating a good portion of their training time to an actual protocol, which usually ends up showing interest in the mentee and could offer them a job. And that's where the mentorship might end. In summary, EthernotDAO basically serves to bridge the gap between Web2 and Web3 by offering a paid training program with the high probability of an offer at the end of the training. The turnaround typically ends up being about a month or two and they currently have 2,000 developers on their server right now with 16 active mentorships in progress. The DAO is also entirely a public good with all funding coming from donations and NFT auctions. Lastly, the L222 call last week featured Kane, as well as the Lyra and Polynomial founders. Mike, one of Lyra's founders, gave a brief overview of Lyra and discussed some upcoming projects. 
These projects include education to expose more DeFi users to options trading, bringing liquidity to optimism, hopefully fueled by the recent optimism token launch, and adding markets. Lyre currently has ETH, BTC, LINK, and SOL, but they hope to double or triple this in the next year. Mike also discussed the upcoming Avalon release, which will allow partial collateralization. Right now, it's inefficient capital-wise to sell options, so that creates an asymmetry for the protocol. Avalon will fix this by creating better balance between both sides of the trade. Gotham, Polynomial's founder, also gave a quick overview of the protocol and their upcoming projects. He agreed that education is key and that increased capital efficiency is important and should hopefully change with Avalon. Our guests also discussed the Optimism token launch, noting that the distribution was less whale-centric than past airdrops. Everyone was also particularly excited about the public goods-focused, digitally native governance structure that they are trying to build. In addition to further discussing Optimism deployments, the team also talked about Leap20, the benefits of Polynomial, and much more. So be sure to check out the recording if you missed it. And that's it for today's updates. Be sure to check out our weekly recap blog post, share this podcast link, and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear more about from SNX Weave. Thanks for listening.